Hey, Level fans, welcome back to Level Pod, episode seven with Jaden Delacerta and Langston Murray. We have a special guest with us today. You know, a lot of Lobo athletics know this man. He's an amazing person with um, academics, just a person in general. I will let him introduce himself. How's it going? My name is Joe DeBonis. I'm the academic advisor for women's basketball, baseball, and men's and women's track and field and cross country. And I try and help out wherever else I need to be up in study hall. Joe, you are an athletic academic advisor for UNM Sports. Tell us about it and tell us the details that you have to go through and things like that. So yeah, um, in general, every college student has an academic advisor. So it doesn't really matter where you're going to school or if you're a student athlete or not, you'll have an advisor that kind of helps you choose classes and keeps track of your academic progress. But for student athletes, there's a little bit more um, to it simply because there has to be someone that kind of helps coaches keep track of everyone, um, someone to keep track of NCAA eligibility, but also in general, um, the support that student athletes need sometimes can be a little bit more uh, fine-tuned than a main campus advisor might give, simply because of the time commitments and just in general uh, mm -hmm. stress of a student athlete's life. Yeah, definitely. I would say just being a student athlete is a lot and having to have practice and school and study hall and all that type of thing. You know, when you do help us out and just, you know, my team in general, we really appreciate you and everything that you do for us. So. Yeah, same. Um, academic advisors are very, very helpful to a student athlete, obviously, from the things that you've named. But, you know, just me thinking back to my freshman year when I had my advisor, uh, Andrea Pearson, and she was basically like a second mom, you know what I mean? And just make sure that you all on track with your with your academics and stuff like that but but you know i don't know just grateful for you guys for sure you know definitely i honestly don't know how i would have done like college without them because it's like not only do you guys keep us like on top of our things and like remind us to you know little things go to class it's like those little things help us hey you know we just got to go get it through and then, you know, graduate like me or like, and like sin, you know, you feel me? <laughs> I mean, I think in general, um, being an academic advisor for student athletes has been probably like one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And mm -hmm. it's really, I'm, I'm glad to hear both of you say that. And obviously like I still keep in touch with Andrea and like, right. I would consider her one of my closest friends. And I think that something that we all like have found is that working with students in general, I think is important to both of us. And then most people that Definitely. are in this profession. And I think what's really cool about working with student athletes is we are allowed and able to create a little bit stronger of a bond than sometimes main campus advisors who just have such a high volume of students. I mean, and so kind of par for the course with the profession is knowing your students a little bit more, having a little bit more of a personal relationship, which then in turn can just add to the feeling of just like joy of having the job and being able to work with people. Definitely. And Joe, would you like say it's like um safe to say that like you got to be in this job for like, you know what I'm saying, the right intentions, you know what I mean? Cuz I you know I, on the outside looking in, I've watched you guys, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying, go extra hours, you know, past the clock, past what the pay may be, you know, assigned to you and stuff like that. And you got to have like a genuine love for like the student, you know what I mean? And just Definitely. really want to see them succeed and stuff like that, you know, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, I, I would just like to like extend this to all educators and all people that are like working in education that the the concept of like monetary gain is is not ever going to drive someone that wants to work with people in that capacity. And mm -hmm. I think it, it definitely goes for academic advisors as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, what like drives me is 
just the idea of helping people find what they're passionate in. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I used to be a teacher. I used to teach middle school. Um, and honestly, that was super hard. Like the responsibility of teaching is something that I think is super valuable. And I, I really value all the teachers that are in our community. Um, Definitely. And I found that being an advisor was kind of like this cool combination between being an educator, but also just kind of being like a peer mentor in a lot of ways. And so what really drives me and what really like helps like like you were saying kind of be willing to work the long hours is like right. seeing students like find something they're passionate and succeed i mean and the two of you i mean i really it's been really cool to see both of you fulfill your potential and just like grow i mean i didn't know you as well when you were um younger langston but i mean i've known Jaden since yeah. <laughs> she was a freshman here right. and like the growth that you've shown and just what you've been able to accomplish here both on the court but also academically has been really awesome and mm-hmm. that's something that obviously i am proud of but it's something that i'm happy that you now have and that you can go into the world and do what you will with that um and it's cool to be able to step back and say i mean i i mean i don't own your success mm-hmm. it's yours and i'm just happy to have been a part of that and so i think that's something really cool about being an advisor and and being able to interact with students in that capacity yeah i agree um we have been with each other for a long time, freshman year. You're actually my tutor. And I was like, I need Joe as a tutor. I need Joe, Brian, I need Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all those times that we were doing those papers, now I can write a paper on my own. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Joe. And I think it's just a testament to like the hard work that, I mean, anyone that completes college can understand, but yeah. I think student athletes in particular can understand that, I mean, college is a lot different than high school. I mean, mm-hmm. the expectations are different. The time commitment is different. The academics are different. Um, you're away from home. I mean, very few student athletes that I've worked with at UNM um, are in the same city that they um, went to high school in. So they've had to travel and come here. And I think it's something that specifically academic advisors kind of notice and try and um, just help in little ways like that, because it is hard to be away from home and be young and be doing all those things. And so it's something that I mean, knowing my coworkers now and previous, that it's something that everyone tries to help and and appreciate for you all. Yeah, and you and you guys like y'all definitely do a good job of that because um, it goes past academics sometimes. You know, sometimes we just having a stress day at practice and stuff like that, and we just want somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, or just want somebody to vent to about you know whatever the given situation may be. And and like I said, uh, and you and I got closer in the later years, you know what I mean. But um, early on. Like I said, mom was, you know, Andrea and stuff like that. But just as an academic advisor, and like in general, you guys all, you know, do like an ample job at, you know, taking care of us in whatever way that may be, you know. And um, like I said, I'll be the first to just show gratitude towards that, you know, because mm-hmm. like sometimes you just need somebody else to believe in you before you can believe in yourself, you know. And, that, and that's, the, that's the unfortunate truth, you know what I mean? But I mean, when an academic advisor pushes you, even when you feel like you're not capable of, you know, making that grade on that mm-hmm. test or whatever stuff like that it goes a long way so definitely there are some times where i didn't think i was gonna pass the class and joe was just like you can do it you can do it and i'm like joe no i can't i'm not gonna make it he's like yes you are Jaden." i was like okay i got it I ended up passing the class i felt so cool <laughs> and i i think in general um that concept of like motivation and being there for students is something that is really powerful and something that i think Another reason why people get into this profession is they do enjoy like being able to help push people in those directions. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, academics are a huge part of being a student athlete. And sometimes I think 
in like the hype of recruiting and the graphics and things like that, sometimes that can kind of take a backseat. And I think that's something that I know I take a lot of pride in and that that's my first thing that I talk to a student when I when someone's getting recruited, when they come to my office, I get to talk about their major and talk about what their future academic plans are. And, and that's something that I know I'm always going to be the person like harping on, even when like everything else is going on. And that's just how like the nature of the this profession and the nature of like college athletics is in general. But I know that academic advisors across the country and especially at UNM are always going to care about academics first, which I think is always good to have someone in your corner like that. Right. And to all my student athletes out there, man, um, just always treat your academic advisor with respect and stuff like that, definitely, because it's a lot that goes into like them making sure that you're good, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just show gratefulness or whatever that may be, but definitely don't make it a harder time. You know, like I said, I don't, which that's life in the same note, but I done seen, you know, different scenarios, teammates and players or whatever, whatever, you know, just not be as grateful for their academic advisors as they should, you know? And, and, I, and I think like at the end of the day, that's not why people do this job. And it, I think it, it helps and it's, it's validating. And I think all humans need validation. And so it does make me feel good to hear both of you say like yeah. those things. But I think at the end of the day, what I've learned, especially after coming from being a middle school teacher and moving to just older students is that the, like the power of education and the power of being a mentor and the power of just like just growth in that sense can really come at a later time and that's okay yeah like so like a lot of the students that I taught in seventh grade I mean so they're now graduating high school oh, and wow. like and I'm watching them go and because I mean we follow each other on Instagram like I've kept somewhat of a relationship with them and I'm watching them go on posting their college admittance um, letters. I'm watching one of them literally went on a visit to Pittsburgh and met Jayla. I mean, oh, that was wow. crazy. I mean, like right. one of my students that I had at UNM met a student I had in Detroit. I mean, that seeing that kind of like growth and seeing people develop and knowing that maybe whether or not there was appreciation at the time I knew them is that's not that doesn't bother me. I mean, I like to see the growth. Right. Yeah. And, Growth is something that's just valued. You know, like you said, you saw us come in as freshmen and now we've done all the success. And honestly, like, you don't really even notice what you really do until you look back at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't look back and say, like, I was struggling in this class and then I, like, pushed through it or, you know, I don't know. It's just like. Well, but I think sometimes I you do because I think sometimes it does help you motivate. I mean, like, when we're looking at grad school now, like, mm -hmm. whether you're, like, consciously thinking about some of like the late nights at study hall when you were younger, yeah. I think it does drive you now. I mean, like from as simple as like coming in earlier in the day, cause you know, you don't want to be at study hall at nine yeah. to like knowing that you completed a hard task and you got through it and now you know you can do it. I mean, I know the concept of growth mindset has been a little cliche recently. I mean, people have kind of like overused it, but I think it really does apply in academics a lot of times where, I mean, if you don't feel confident in what you're doing, if you feel like Maybe your high school education wasn't like as strong as it could have been. It can make college super daunting. And that's frankly unfair. I mean, right. I think college should be accessible to anyone that wants it. And I think that sometimes the institution of college can be a little elitist in that where they're looking at these like private school, high school kids as like who their target is. But to me, that's not what college is about. College yeah. is about like gaining new experiences, finding a way to get something out of it that's going to move you forward and finding a way to move to the next step in your life because yeah. college is going to be for a very short time and your adulthood is going to be a long time and so if you can gain as many skills and experiences and educational opportunities as you can right. while you're in this time then you're going to go really far and that, yeah. that's a real good statement you made there because like 
you're going to meet a lot of people, uh, people that are similar to you and people that are not similar to you at all. And like I said, when I first got to college, you just you just learn so many different ideas mm -hmm. and occupations that you can do in life and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so, you know, um, when you want to be a sponge, you know, yeah. that's that's a real good tool to have. You know what I mean? Because then you, you you broaden your spectrum of what you can be in life and stuff like that. So, yeah, exactly. Definitely agree. And I think the cool thing about being an athlete in college is it gives you like an automatic avenue for friends, for experiences, for travel, for a lot of things that are a part of college. Right. But mm -hmm. then you can then also go and be a traditional college student by taking classes with other people, by getting involved with other activities. Like those are like all experiences that are going to push students farther. And then, and when I talk to students about like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up or what do you want to do after college? I think there's a lot of like fear and not knowing yet, but yeah. also like in choosing the wrong thing. And right. what I try and tell students is like, be in the moment, like take advantage of the experiences you have now. But most importantly, like your degree, like what's on paper in college, very rarely will that translate to what you get a job in. Like yeah. very rarely are you going to go and get a job in what you majored in. But what's important is to gain some experiences, do an internship, make like a friend in like a position that could potentially help you in the long run. I mean, those mm -hmm. are the, that's how college benefits people. And I go back to the statement I made earlier where college can be a little elitist in the sense that, I mean, there are so many people that I know from when I was in high school, who, people that I know now who maybe don't make it through college who could have benefited from this, but because of like the elitism that exists, they don't get to finish it and follow through. And I think that's unfair. Like I think right. every like person in America, in the world could benefit from being on a college campus at some right. point in their life. Yeah, definitely. Cause I've definitely, you know, like how you said, I got to travel. I got to meet people who can help me in the future and things like that. And it's just like, I really do now that I think of it, being an athlete, it gives you that extra, uh, you know you're more put out there you're more connected with different people and it's just i don't know like going to paris was an amazing experience that i never would have gotten like you know what i mean so it's just little things like oh, that one of my favorite memories of working with you all is when you guys facetime me from the the eiffel tower, eiffel tower. and it was like seeing everyone so happy and like uh -huh. knowing that like that opportunity i don't know i don't know how many of you all would have had the opportunity ever again yeah. and that's really awesome that that was a part of like your college experience and that's something that i know everyone that was on that trip can take and they still talk about that or have the memories from that. And that's something that will like keep them going. Yeah, definitely. I'm one of those people. <laughs> so Joe, you mentioned um, like freshmen coming out of high school, you know, this is like basically like a new world to them and stuff like that. And so there are, uh, some may have a hard time, you know, getting accustomed to this new lifestyle as well as like figuring out what they're really chasing in life and what they're destined to do. So like, let's just start with like, how do you help these students choose their degree or what they want to be in life? Well, I think what I try and remind students like every day and what I find most important is like you have to do what, what you love and what you're passionate about. And again, like a lot of this I know feels very cliche, but when you get to the root of like what life is about and what you want to like achieve, if you're doing something that makes you happy, you're going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And so when students come and they're like, I have no idea what I want to do. Well, I mean, you break it down it's like well what was your favorite class in high school or what are you passionate about like what do you like besides your sport is do you want to go into sports i mean like there's a lot of like avenues you can go and what's hard about your freshman year though is students end up taking what are called like the gen ed classes so the classes that everybody at unm has to take and those can be boring i mean having to do that last math class before you're finally free of math yeah. having to do that english class maybe if you're more math centered and you don't like to write i mean mm -hmm. that is a challenging part about the first year of college where 
you're in a new environment and everything's supposed to be like new and improved, but you're still taking that like high school English class that you're tired of. And I think what's really important and what I found is reminding students that you're going to get to do those things you like. You're going to move forward, but also like finding ways to make those assignments more applicable to you. Like in those English classes, I mean, you get an opportunity to write about whatever you want. So mm -hmm. students write every, about their favorite sport. I mean, right. they write about their families. They write about their hometowns. I mean, there are always going to be a way to make a class fit you and yeah. make it work. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely did that my freshman year too. I mean, I, I'd imagine the majority of the papers that I was writing at the time were probably centered or aimed towards football, but it still fit the criteria that yeah. the professor. Yeah. Because they usually do leave it broad as far as like the topic that you want to discuss and stuff like that. So, yeah. Or like doing a paper over yourself. What are the uh, autobiography? autobiography? Yeah, I remember, I remember yeah. writing one of those. Yeah. I was really happy to write about myself. <laughs> I mean, it's and that's. I mean, some people find it really challenging. I mean, I was arguing with uh, who was it? I don't know. I was arguing with someone the other day about how like this is so hard, five oh. pages, and I was like, it's about yourself. Like, come on. But mm -hmm. some people don't like to, and it's cool to see them have to get out of their comfort zone, reflect on themselves, yeah. and be able to find something about that because that's another tool that can kind of help you figure out what you want to major in or figure out what classes you want to take because. As you reflect on, I mean, 18 years is not a lot of time, but it's usually enough time to at least have some interests built up and have yeah. some like things you want to do. And so by the time you're choosing classes, you can go in and kind of find some areas that work. And the beauty of college is you can try something and not like it and right. move on to something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not locked or set in stone in any sort of major, in any sort of path. Oh yeah, I switched mine. It had to be at least four times. I Ironically was just going Yeah, for real. And look, so my first ever major here, and many people may not know this, but I was in theater. <laughs> I don't know, look, look, I had this this dream of you just, you know, perfect. tell me about it. So like I had this dream of just being like an actor. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm a big Denzel Washington fan. Like any movie he creates is usually good in my book. And so, but like my first day in class, or maybe first week, I don't know how, how long I even lasted in this theater thing. <laughs> but I got in there and it was like, I didn't fit in. Like, I genuinely didn't fit in. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, so maybe I need to go ahead and switch another major or something like that, you know? So I what think, was your second option? Had to be. I mean, I probably, business, I guess. I'm not sure. Then the math kicked, me, <laughs> kicked my tail in that. So, yeah. Math. I will say this. If there was one thing I could change about how college has worked is I think you have to take away the math requirement for getting a degree yeah. i've seen it trip up so many students oh yeah tell me about and it. and i think it's a reflection on like public education in this country that obviously needs a big overhaul and we obviously have a lot of things we need to change but when it comes down to students having to change what they're going to get a major in based solely off a subject that they probably won't ever use again i think that's very disheartening and it's unfortunate and that is something that i would change if i oh, yeah. was any sort of position of power that alex will ruin you what Jade and i pies? was in the same oh, class yeah. too both getting oh, abused by alex like man that math does hurt you you know i had to take math around four times now something like that took a few a few yeah we're not gonna put the number out there or alone, anything so like so you mentioned that you were when you first got here, you were interested in theater. Why did you not see yourself like, you know, doing that anymore after those classes? You know, and me being a person that has never met a stranger, mm -hmm. um, I can hold a conversation with someone who has completely nothing in common with me. Yeah. But it was like I genuinely did not fit in. Like I like, 
I, I, I didn't even have no friends in that course, to be <laughs> honest. And everybody knows me and knows that I'm friends with a lot of people. But yeah. it was like, I don't know if the things that they thought were was funny wasn't necessarily funny to me or like... <laughs> You know how you just sitting there and you just kind of courtesy laughing, but like yeah. everybody else is genuinely laughing, but you don't know what the, what, what the joke is. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was that kind of thing. Um, yeah, the professor really, I don't know. I don't know. It just wasn't my, wasn't my thing. It wasn't, it wasn't what I thought it would be, honestly. So if it was a little different, would you have stuck with it? Yeah, definitely. If I felt more, um, and this is no offense to anybody who's in the theater business, <laughs> but like if I felt more aligned with them mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, welcomed, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would have helped me stay a little bit longer. Yeah, because they were probably all on, like, another page of, like, who is this guy in our class? Right, and yeah. then, you know, like, I'm coming from practice and stuff like that. <laughs> no one in here is an athlete, you know what I mean? So yeah. I might have been a little bit of late a couple times, and that just didn't look good. <laughs> he is not dedicated. Like, you know, my professor had no idea about any sport, so she couldn't even understand as far as, like, why I'm late, which mm -hmm. is no excuse to be late. You shouldn't yeah. be late. But, you know, like, practice Sometimes happens, something happens. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. That's a big issue, you know. We usually miss class, we're late to class, you know, just anything because we have games, practice, you know, certain things like that. Right. So how do you help students understand that, you know, like they're still going to pass the class and things like that. But how do you help them, Joe, like understand that type of situation? Well, the number one thing, and I cannot say this enough, is to communicate, communicate, communicate. Mm -hmm. As long as you're letting professors know ahead of time that you're going to miss I've never met a professor on campus that is not willing to work with a student athlete as yeah. long as they know ahead of time about any conflicts. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, at some point in any college student's career, they're probably going to have something come up where they have to miss class. So professors are used to it. But um, I think it helps having structured study hall for teams mm -hmm. because if they are missing class for a game or if they're missing um, for whatever reason – being able to come up to study hall and sit down and work with a tutor, work with their advisor and kind of go over what might have been missed or go over what's left is a really good tool to kind of help students not feel like they're behind. Um, but more than that, it's just communicating with professors, letting them know when travel is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then after when you come back, double checking and be like, well, what did I miss? What yeah. do I need to do? And at the end of the day, I've had every single type of experience that you could think of with professors and the best ones happen when the students communicate first. Yeah. And professors really like when you're proactive. You yeah. know what I mean? Even if you're asking questions that you genuinely don't care about the answer, the fact that you <laughs> asked it, I'm being honest though, yeah, you know, no, like the I fact that you. you asked it, you know what I mean? It goes a long way with the professor and stuff like that. They like to just see effort. You yeah. Know what I mean, and then the majority of the time they'll work with you on any situation you got going. Yeah. I mean, and the professors are passionate about what they're teaching. And so anytime someone shows like that extra interest or the, the ability to come and like, continue a conversation after class, anything like that, I mean, they're going to feel good and they're going to feel validated. I mean, mm -hmm. we talked about validation earlier, but like every human needs that. And the way a professor gets that validation is through students, like showing appreciation for what like the professor's doing and the class they're in and mm -hmm. what they're learning. I never really thought of it that way. But now that you guys say that, like they really want to see you like obviously trying things, but like little things like that can actually make them feel, hey, like I like doing my job type of thing. Yeah. And it's really easy. Like it's yeah. not hard to just ask one more question or just, you know, Engage just to, you know something stuff. like that. And and the professor's like, hey, they really care. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if it ever comes down to like you needing help or you know like having a problem, they're gonna care because you yeah. show some kind of interest into what they're teaching. So yeah, that's my philosophy on it. Joe, um, you've been doing this for quite some time now, as far as like so you you've worked with a multitude of different athletes. Mm -hmm. um, obviously with 
they come with different mindsets and different, you know, styles of motivation and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So how do you deal with the different athletes? You know, and uh, an example of this may be one that's like not as motivated towards school and mm-hmm. feel like they're just here to play their sport and not quote unquote play school. So like, how do you handle with that? I mean, I think it goes back to, I mean, there's two things I always try to remember. Um, I think the first one is building a relationship with each of the students um, mm-hmm. because everybody's an individual and everybody has something they're passionate about and it might not be school, but it can be something that you can kind of integrate into school potentially. Right. And so building a relationship and learning what people are passionate about is the number one thing. But I think also um, helping students find something they are passionate about because that in turn does turn into success in the classroom. Right. Because once you find something you want to do, you're more inclined to do it. And so, like you said, I mean, I've worked with students that struggled all of high school, um, all the way up to students that came in with 40 AP credits and are classified as a junior the first day they step on campus. And and you have to work with them in different ways for sure. But I think no matter who you're working with, it's about building a relationship and helping them find something they're passionate about. And so with those high achieving students, um, I mean, I always, I'm always looking for ways to continue challenging them. I mean, as an advisor, I'm on a bunch of listservs that send me opportunities for fellowships or different internships. And I mean, I can think of one particular um, student I work with. Her name is Issa. She's on the cross country team um, and she's super into like water resources and things like that. Um, and a fellowship came across my the, my email. I sent it to her and she applied and got it. And it's like success stories like that are really awesome. And I'm, I'm glad to see students taking advantage of the resources. Right. But I mean, there's also students that come into college like having no idea what they want to do. And I can think of a student that I think is near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, but Najee, I mean, Najee came into school, right. didn't know at all what he wanted to do. And this is much more testament to Andrea than me, but right. Andrea put him in a sign language class and he loved it. And after that, I mean, Andrew was able to m- help him navigate through the sign right. language program. And it was cool to see Najee who like, yeah, did not want to be here doing classes, like mm-hmm. find something that he was passionate about and like, and excel and like find like joy in that. And so, right. I think, yeah, no matter who you are as a student, like you're going to see them as soon, as long as you help them find something they like and are find joy in, they're going to be successful. Right. Yeah, I could definitely see that because, you know, there's a one of my teammates, not a big fan of school and stuff, but she really likes family child studies for some like, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Like, hmm? I'd be like, what are you doing? Family child studies. And I'm like, oh, OK, look at you. Like. So it's just cool to see like those type of things, <laughs> the, you know, the, and I'm like, okay, like right. that's cool. You know, you're finally find something that caught your attention. I don't know. Cause cool. honestly, that's like the best motivation is when you care about it. Yeah. You know, like if you're sitting in a course that like you don't necessarily care about, it's probably mm-hmm. gonna, gonna look like rocket science. Yeah. Too, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you're actually interested, so imagine that, that teammate of yours, you know, actually are in a uh, child studies course mm-hmm. they're gonna like proactively pay attention and do the work mm-hmm. and it, it's genuinely just gonna be easier to learn mm-hmm. so yeah i yeah, definitely agree definitely. with that you know yeah, so it's, it's different it's, than sitting in a math class sitting right, there and you're right. like Ugh. and somebody may be in- intrigued by math and calculus yeah. is just awesome to them you know well, emily I mean, lines <laughs> i've had i've had the opposite i mean like yeah i've had students that like they have to take if i tell them they have to take one more english class i mean it's like i told them they gotta go sit outside in the sun for 10 hours i don't know like i mean they hate it and at the end of the day like i don't know i mean i try not to put any of my biases on there but i'm definitely more of a writing heavy person so me too i definitely 
those are the classes when someone's like, what should I take? It's always going to be a writing heavy class. So yeah, I can write all day too. And it's just crazy that like, if you can write majority of the time, you're probably not going to be a big fan of math. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm it sure it's like, you know, certain scenarios where people are good at both or whatever, but like, I'm definitely on the writing side of the spectrum. Me too. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know nearly enough about the brain, but I definitely, I do think that the writing and reading and math are like the two different sides of the brain. And right. depending on what type of learner you are, you're going to probably end up leaning towards one of those. Speaking of that, I saw this thing on Instagram the other day, and it was like, if you see the horse walking front, like forward, your left side, but if you see it walking backwards, your right side. So I'm a right side. A right whoa, side. whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Horse walking back. What do you, what do you mean? So like, it was like in a, like a picture. And it was like the horse was moving. Oh, but okay, it was a picture. Was moving, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, but like a video picture, and it was moving both ways. Right. But I saw it moving backwards, so then it was like your right side brain, type of thing. Okay. So okay. yeah, it was. You have to send it to us. Yeah, I have to find it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, on every other podcast, I've always had a question. So Jaden's question of the day: Who would you guys want to be for a day if you could be anybody? Wow, Joe, I'm gonna let you take that one first. <laughs> I don't know. My mind went in two ways. Mm -hmm. It would be interesting to be someone with a lot of like sway over like policies that I would like to change so I could be them and make the changes I want. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it would also be interesting to be like a professional baseball player and experience that as well. But okay. I guess I would probably go more towards like the secretary of education and getting to change everything I want to change. Okay. What about you? Um, and hear me right when I say this, because in theory, I want to be me. Yeah, right? yeah. You know no, obviously I mean? but, everybody does. Um, I'd say Jay-Z, and I'll tell you why. And um, Money man. I watch Jay-Z a lot, and mm -hmm. it's not even... I have his music as well, but it's more of like who he is today. Yeah. And uh, he's very influential to like, you know my community mm -hmm. um and you just watch his like his journey from like you know first off being like a nothing but strictly a rapper mm -hmm. um he even t talks about him selling drugs and like in his earlier years and stuff like that and then he turns into like a complete businessman mm -hmm. you know like uh, like a multi-millionaire whatever the word may be and so and he has like a, a platform to where he can you know deliver wisdom to mm -hmm. a, like a big group of people yeah definitely and so yeah like i said i admire jay-z um i'm a very big fan of him and i'd like to be in those shoes and i, I plan to you know match that energy someday you know yeah. through my own shoes you know but yeah jay-z is definitely a good person i agree i would want to be kylie jenner why because she like she's very young you know she has a lot of money she's very successful in all she does you know what i mean she has kylie um kylie cosmetics um swimsuits uh baby stuff for stormy you know just like different things like that obviously it takes time but like she's literally just creating things and making money from it and living her best life sure and yeah. stormy's cute so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i want to be successful Lastly, I wanted to cover Langston, my co-host, who is always doing the podcast with me. Um, I will let him tell him tell you guys himself. So go ahead. Um, yeah, so to the Lobo fans and the Lobo community, uh, to who cares and who doesn't care. I care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm officially done as a as an athlete, you know, and it was a big decision. It was a 
it's a big step in life. And uh, if yeah. you do have me on Instagram, you've probably seen my post. It was pretty, pretty lengthy. And, um, you know, again, like I said in the post, uh, just a transition into a different phase of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. I discussed this with my family and close ones. And it was the best thing for me. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm thankful for everybody that I've met on this journey and will, and will continue to meet. Um, I'm still a student here. I'm in graduate school, um, getting my MBA. So, again, I'm still a Lobo through and through. I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm proud to be a Lobo. And like I said, you know, just uh, a small town kid coming 12 hours away from home to pursue his dreams. And at the time, it was predominantly, you know, athletics and football and stuff like that. But, again, credit to my academic advisors and people of that nature just showing me that there's multiple roads you can take, you know, and – and I'm just grateful to be here. Again, I appreciate everybody, um, everybody who's been here this this whole way and just have believed in me, my coaches. Um, Coach Gonzalez and I, we sat down and we had a good talk. And That's good. I trust him and, you know, he believes in me, even if I'm not, you know, having a helmet on and things like that. So, again, just big thanks to everybody, to every coach, um, even my previous coaches before this new staff. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And Joe, do you have any last words for the Lobopod? Any advice? Anything? I appreciate you both having me on. It's always fun to talk about education and the things that I would change if I could and the things that I enjoy about what I do. And I hope that everyone can find something that they're passionate about and find ways to move forward doing that in whatever facet of life they're in. Thank you. All right, Lobopod, we're out. Peace. Peace. Hey, we sit at the same time.